Disclaimer. This video is for educational and entertainment purposes only. This video may contain strong language, mention of different kinds of abuse and or gore. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening, guys, ghouls and girls, and welcome to Spook Chatter episode 5. Today, we're talking about our first lady serial killer, Eileen Wernos, also known as the Damsel of Death or the Hooker from Hell. Eileen was born on the 29th of February 1956 in Rochester, Michigan, United States. She died by execution of lethal injection at the age of 46 on the 9th of October 2002 in Florida State Prison. Eileen was convicted of six counts of first-degree murder, and her victims were seven males. Eileen Wernos was born Eileen Pittman to Diane Wernos and Leo Pittman. The two had married in 1954 when Diane was the ripe age of 14 years old whilst Leo was 16. They had a baby boy, Keith, who was born on March 14, 1955, and after less than two years of marriage, just two months before Eileen was born, Diane filed for divorce. Eileen never met her father as he was in prison at the time of her birth. Leo suffered from schizophrenia and was later convicted of sexual abuse crimes performed with minors. Leo eventually committed suicide whilst incarcerated in 1969. Eileen's mother Diane had abandoned her children when Eileen was only four years old, leaving them with their maternal grandparents Laurie and Britta Wernos. Unfortunately for the children, this was still not a pleasant environment for them to be in, as though the parents legally adopted them, they were still alcoholics. By the age of 11, Eileen had gone off the rails by engaging in sexual activities at her school in exchange for food, drugs and cigarettes. She had also engaged in sexual activities with her own brother and Eileen stated her alcoholic grandfather had sexually assaulted her. He forced her to unclothe and would beat her when she was young. At the age of 14, Eileen fell pregnant after she was raped by an accomplice of her grandfather. Eileen gave birth to a baby boy in 1971 and he was placed for adoption. Not long after this, Eileen dropped out of school and this was roughly around the same time her grandmother passed from liver failure. Eileen's grandfather kicked her out of the house when she was 15 years old, so she began soliciting sex to support herself, living in the woods near her old home. On May 27, 1974, Eileen was aged 18 when she was arrested for driving under the influence, disorderly conduct and for firing a 22 caliber pistol from a moving vehicle. She was later charged with failure to appear to court. In 1976, Eileen hitchhiked to Florida where she met Lewis Fell, a 69-year-old yacht club president, and they very quickly married. However, this didn't keep Eileen out of trouble, and she found herself thrown into jail for a short period of time due to an assault she was involved in at a local bar. She'd also hit her newlywed with his own cane, resulting in him putting a restraining order against her after only weeks of being married. Eileen returned to Michigan, where on the 14th of July 1976, she was arrested and charged with assault for disturbing the peace and throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head. Three days after this, Eileen's brother Keith passed away from esophageal cancer, with Eileen receiving $10,000 from his life insurance. On the 21st of July, the marriage between Lewis and Eileen was annulled after the short period of nine weeks. 
Eileen used up the money she had inherited from her brother in two weeks, using it to buy a new car which she had wrecked shortly after receiving it. On the 20th of May 1981, Eileen was arrested in Florida for an armed robbery of a convenience store where she had stolen two packs of cigarettes and $35. She was sentenced to prison on May 4, 1982 and released a year later. The following year of her release in 1984, Eileen was arrested again for attempting to pass forged checks at a bank. On January 4, 1986, Eileen was arrested in Miami and charged with resisting arrest, car theft and obstruction of justice. She was providing false or misleading information bearing her aunt's name. Police officers found a 38 caliber revolver and ammunition in the stolen car. Following this incident, Eileen was detained by police for questioning on June 2, 1986, after a male companion accused her of pulling a gun in his car and demanding money. Eileen was found to be carrying some ammunition and police discovered a 22 pistol under the passenger seat she had occupied. Eileen met her ex-lover Tyra Moore, who was at the time a hotel maid in a lesbian bar. Eileen supported them on her wage as a sex worker and they moved in together. But, of course, by now we know that it is not all lollipops and rainbows for Eileen, and on the 4th of July 1987, both Eileen and Tyra were detained for questioning regarding an incident in which they were accused of assault and battery with a beer bottle. On the 12th of March 1988, Eileen accused a bus driver of assault, claiming that he had pushed her out of his bus after a confrontation. Tyra was listed as a witness to the incident. Just from her history, Eileen has been in and out of trouble with the law, but I wouldn't say that it was anything too serious up until November 30th, 1989, when Eileen claimed her first victim, a murder of a man by the name of Richard Mallory. He was of age 51 when Eileen killed him. Eileen claimed she was sodomized and brutally beaten after being driven to an abandoned area for sexual requests. Police discovered his vehicle two days after the murder and, on December 13th, his body was discovered in a wooded area several miles away from his car. He had several bullet wounds in his body, but two that had hit his left lung that seemed to be the cause of death. Eileen claimed her second victim, a David Spears, aged 47, was declared missing on May 19th, 1990. The construction worker's body was found naked on the 1st of June 1990 along Route 19 in Florida. He had been shot six times. Eileen was out for blood now. In the same month as her second victim, she claimed the life of 40-year-old Charles Carsgadden on the 31st of May 1990. On the 6th of June 1990, his body was found, being shot a whopping nine times with a 22 caliber weapon. Charlie's body was found wrapped in an electric blanket and was badly decomposed when found. This was the first of Eileen's murders that had witnesses, stating they saw Eileen in possession of Charles's car. Eileen had also pawned his gun that was registered under his name. Eileen's fourth victim was a 65-year-old man named Peter Seams. He was a retired merchant seaman. He was on his way to Arkansas in June of 1990 and, on the 4th of July, his car was found in Orange Springs, Florida. Both Eileen and Tyra were seen dumping the car and Eileen's palm print was found on the handle of the interior door handle. Peter's body has not yet been discovered. Troy Burress, age 50, was reported missing on July 31st, 1990. 
His body was discovered on August 4, 1990 in a wooded area along State Road 19 in Marion County. He had been shot twice. Retired US Air Force Major, former state child abuse investigator and former Chief of Police Charles Humphreys, aged 56, was murdered on September 11th of 1990. His remains were found the next day with six bullet wounds to the head and torso. The last victim, 62-year-old trucker, security guard and police reservist Walter Antonio was found dead on the 19th of November 1990. His body, stripped of almost all of his clothing, was found near a remote logging road in Dixie County. He had been shot four times. Five days following this, his car was found. On January 9th, 1991, Eileen was arrested on an outstanding warrant as both Eileen and Tyra had witnesses claiming they'd seen them driving the car of murder victim Peter Seams. Witnesses provided police with the ladies' names and accurate descriptions, resulting in a media campaign to locate them. The ladies had also pawned a lot of the victims' belongings, which police were able to fingerprint and match with the ones already existing on file for Eileen. Tyra was located the next day and had agreed to elicit a confession from Eileen in exchange for immunity from prosecution. Under the guidance of police, Tyra had made a number of phone calls to Eileen, pleading for help to clear her name. As Eileen was still madly in love with Tyra, she confessed to the murders on 16th of January 1991, claiming the men had tried to rape her and she killed them in self-defence. Eileen went to trial on January 14, 1992 for the murder of Richard Mallory, and though normally previous convictions are inadmissible in criminal trials under Florida's Williams rule, the prosecution was allowed to introduce evidence relating to her other crimes to show a pattern of illegal activity. At her sentence, psychiatrists for Eileen's defence testified that Eileen was mentally unstable and she had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Four days after this, Eileen was sentenced to death. She was convicted for Richard Mallory's murder with the help of Tyra's testimony. Records had been obtained after the trial from a maximum security correctional facility that Richard had been committed to between 1958 and 1962 for treatment and observation from a criminal charge of assault with intent to rape. He was even said to possess strong sociopathic trends. Even though this was extremely strong evidence in favour of Eileen's claims, the judge refused to allow this to be admitted in court as evidence and Eileen was denied the request for a retrial. On the 31st of March 1992, Eileen said she wanted to get right with God. Eileen pleaded no contest to the murders of David Spears, Troy Barres and Charles Humphreys. Eileen made a statement saying that she quote, wanted to confess to you that Richard Mallory did violently rape me as I've told you, but these others did not. They only began to start to. Eileen was slapped with three more death sentences on the 15th of May 1992. Even though Eileen's defence attempted to introduce evidence to prove that Charles Carscadden had been tried for intent to commit rape in Maryland and that he had previously been committed to a maximum security correctional facility, she still received her fifth death sentence in November 1992 due to her pleading guilty to the murder of Charles Cowscadden five months prior. Her sixth and final sentence of death came with the pleading guilty of the murder of Walter Antonio as she had not been charged for the death of Peter Seams as his body still remains missing to this day. 
Eileen was pretty inconsistent with her stories of what had happened. She claimed initially that all seven men had raped her whilst she was working as a sex worker. But then the story flipped that it wasn't all in self-defense, but that they'd caught her mid-robbery and she wanted to keep her nose clean and leave no witnesses. Eileen hated being on death row. She was treated terribly by her prison mates, accusing them of tainting her food with bodily fluids and dirt, trying to push her over the edge to suicide. But, alas, she had accepted her fate of execution and, in the end, seemed like she was at peace with it. Eileen made claims in an interview the day before her execution that the police force knew what she was up to, that she was a sloppy serial killer, and left prints and evidence behind, but they wanted her help to clean up and get rid of the scum. You know, I was just wondering how you're going to be, you know, at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Are you prepared? I'm prepared. I'm all right. I'm all right with it. And how... I'm all right with it, but like I said, remember and tell, let them know that I know that the cops knew who I was after Richard Mallory died. I left prints everywhere and they covered it up and let me kill the rest of those guys to turn me into a serial killer. I know they did because I was no professional serial killer or anything, or murderer or whatever you want to call it, you know. It wasn't special at so, what I was doing. Eileen, how, I did how, some sloppy work, you know, and I left How from, have you prepared yourself for tomorrow morning? I, I'm all right with it. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Hey, I was tortured at BCI. They had, they had the intercom on in the room, and they kept lying that it wasn't on, and they were using sonic pressure on my head since 1997. Eileen's execution was performed on the 9th of October 2002. Eileen denied any food for her last meal and chose a single cup of hot joe instead. Eileen's last words were, and I quote, Yes, I would just like to say I'm sailing with the rock, and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie, big mothership and all, I'll be back, I'll be back. Now, for Spook's Two Cents. In a way, I feel for Eileen. That does not mean in any way, shape or form that I condone her crimes. But growing up, you cannot deny that she had a horrendous time. And I can see why she would be pissed off, especially at men. All of the men in her life have let her down and traumatized her. And this would do all sort of psychological damage to anyone. Even the one person she trusted and loved the most in the end stabbed her in the back. Tara was just looking after herself, and Eileen still took the fall for her. Now, whether or not these men did attack Eileen, they did not deserve to die. But, a couple of them did need help from the evidence that came to play, and I believe that the evidence brought forward for Richard Mallory's past should have been allowed to be used as a fair trial for Eileen. So I was a hitchhiking hooker! Right. Running into trouble, I'd shoot, shoot the guy if I ran into trouble. Physical trouble, the cops knew it. When the physical trouble came along, let, him, let her clean the streets, and but, then we'll pull her in, But That's how come why. there was so much physical trouble? In just, it, because it was all in one year. Seven people in one oh, year. Oh, well. Oh, well. But why not say now? Because I'm out of retaliation for taking my life like this and getting rich off it all these years in, in total pathological lying. 
Yeah, thanks a lot. I lost my fucking life because of it. Couldn't even get a fair trial. Couldn't even get a fair investigation or nothing. Couldn't even have my appeals right. You sabotaged my ass society and the cops and the system. A raped woman got executed. It was used for books and movies and shit. Ladder climbs, re-election, everything else. I got a big finger in all your faces. Thanks a lot. You're inhuman, you're an inhumane bunch of fucking living bastards and bitches. And you're gonna get your asses nuked in the end. And pretty soon it's coming. 2019, a rock's supposed to hit you anyhow. You're all gonna get nuked. What are your thoughts on Eileen Wernos? Do you think her crimes were justifiable? Leave a comment of what you think below. Thank you guys, ghouls, and girls for watching. Please feel free to connect with me on my Discord server, and if you want to watch me live, check out my Twitch channel. I am very active on both platforms and even have scheduled streams. I would absolutely love to see you there. Links to my other social media platforms are in the description below. Stay, 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 stay.